Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the privilege of even being able to worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you for your word. Let us take your word very seriously in our lives and consider it in a whole project of transformation from childhood spiritually to maturity spiritually, that we may grow by the knowledge of your word in lasting grace and love of God forevermore. Amen. You may take your seats. Thank you very much, everybody. And it's good to be here. And um, I want to say to you that we are going to have a good time tonight too. I, um, we, our evening service is now quite full at night. There's a lot of people here. And they come with expectation. And uh, we pray. We pray. I have got a team of pastors that help me pray at a point in time. When I've ministered and ministered, I do a lot of ministry in the Spirit, preach 10 minutes, and then we start ministering in the Spirit, in the gifts of the Spirit, whatever God wants us or leads me at that moment in time to do, we do that, and the services are packed out at night. It's amazing to see it. And so we're looking for revival. We're not talking about revival. We're believing God for revival and for revival at this time. Can you say amen? Our country needs it. Give Jesus a praise offering. Amen. Now, in the, in the whole thing here of preparing for this week, I had to really search around. One of the things which we did in the early years, I'm going to talk about walking with God, being led by God, walking, walking and the relationship between the anointing and, of the Holy Spirit and walking with God and the relationship between you and God and walking with God. So we're going to call it walking with God. Now, remember in the early days, 1986, in the first year of the Bible school, Pastor Jacques, this is the manual, Wandeling in die Gies. There it is. So I, I you know, and I, I, I thought, I must get hold of this manual. I must get it. And um, in the process, I thought to myself, now where am I ever going to find some of my, these manuals, I wrote everything. I didn't have computers in those days. I wrote it like this and pages, I even have here a test question for it, a test paper. And uh, here I began to write, and then I used to work through it like that, just write it out, just write everything out. And so this is a terms material here in my hands. And then we did walking in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit. And then I got a hold of uh, a man with the name of Philip. I don't know where he is now. Is he over oh, there? He sits. And I said, Philip, you better help me with my oldest of my files. And I got hold of, of files here, the relationship between walking in the Spirit and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and uh, walking in the Spirit, wandering in the And there is another one here, how you can listen uh, to the Spirit. What is, what, are the, what ways do people listen uh, to God in the Spirit? That's amazing, the journey. But at the end of the day, I realized that the whole the whole presentation I've actually got in memory. So I'm going to go here and then go into memory or whatever. But there's some places I have to slow down so that you can get a grip because what I don't finish here, I'll finish next week because this is quite a subject, actually. It's a quarter of a year's teaching. But I'm, I'm, I'm gleaning through it and then we'll go from there. This is a colonnade in Rome. This was... Part of uh, Paul's statements here to the church in Rome. 
And by the way, we're living in the New Testament era. A lot of people are preaching and talking, and we did that for many years. Old Testament, Old Testament. The New Testament is in the Old Testament contained. But in the New Testament, the Old Testament is explained. So you have the full picture in the New Testament. You begin with Jesus, and you read the Gospels, and you read the Acts, and you live yourself into the world of the apostles and the prophets, and above all, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and what happened all the way to the book of Revelation. That's highly, highly important. Now, in the book of Romans, chapter number 7, now I will not read the necessary from the Amplified. This is the New King James. I've got the Amplified there also. And so in the book of Romans, chapter number 7, uh, Paul is busy talking to the people, and um, he comes out with a very interesting statement. He talks about the law, and he says in chapter 7, verse 12, Therefore the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, and just and good. Then verse 13, Has then what is good become death to me? Certainly not. But sin, that it might appear sin, was producing death in me, and through what is good? So that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. I was alive without the law once, but then the law came and sin revived and I died. Romans 7 also. Verse 14. Now we know that the law is spiritual and I am carnal, fleeslick, of the flesh, the lower nature, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice or habitually as a way of life, what I will to do, but what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it's good, but now it's no longer I who do it, but it's sin, the sin nature that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, in my fleas, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me. But how to perform, put into practice habitually all the time, but how to practice what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil that I will not to do, I practice habitually practice as a way of life. It's there all the time. The war between the flesh and the spiritual man. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer verse 20, I who do it, but it's the sin that dwells in me. I find in the law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Then he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with a the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with a flesh the law of sin. So there is the sin nature in action. But then he says in verse 8, verse 1 of chapter 8, 
There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 6 says, Likewise reckon yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God. Because we've been crucified with Christ, we live no more. The sin nature is crucified in Christ Jesus, with Christ, and we say, like Paul said, we die daily. Neither no more for me to boast except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through whom Galatians uh, uh, 6.14, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through whom I have been crucified to the world and the world to me. So the crucified life has put to death a body. The principle of sin is still there and it wants to take over and there's a rebellion with the flesh. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, Spirit of life, where the Spirit is, there is liberty. The Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in what it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And on the account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh. Walk according to the flesh, but walk according to the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit of God. This is what changed my life, these things. What I'm reading here now, I fasted over some period of time. And at the end of the day, of all the epistles, I choose this chapter 8 as the chapter that kept me on the road with God. I do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, carnally minded, think of the stuff that stirs up the flesh in the wrong direction to displease God. To be carnally minded, Follow after the lusts of the flesh and the lusts of the eyes and the pride of life and the works of the flesh. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. The carnal mind is not subject to God at all. A carnal mind, a person living in the flesh, is living a life that could lead to be carnally minded is simply death. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But if you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if 
anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. If you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. When we get born again, God comes in our lives and fills us temples of the Holy Spirit with the Holy Spirit. Now this body is in raging rebellion, but the spiritual mindset, which I've often spoken about in the past, is focused on God. And to be focused on God is a whole discipline. You know what David says in Psalm 51.10? He says these words, Create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Verse 10. But if Christ is in you, then also the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. I have to learn to follow the Holy Spirit and not my flesh. There is disciplines involved in this. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. How does He give life? Through His Spirit who dwells in you. The word there, give life, means to give and to preserve life in your body, in your physical body. Good health to those who follow the Holy Spirit, but really discipline the flesh. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, skuldenars, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. What a statement. If you live according to the flesh, you'll die. And I was reading through this, different translations, Greek, Hebrew, whatever. In this case, Greek, it literally spells it out. If you live, you follow the flesh, you'll die. And I think that's why a lot of people are, have, are, have died early. Many, many millions of people, if not billions of people, just live according to the flesh, altogether in worldliness. But if, verse 13, this is my verse, I tell you, if there's one verse in the Bible, then I've taken this verse as my victory verse. But if you put to death the deeds of the body, the sin nature, you will live. The key is the Holy Spirit to take you through. Absolutely, imperatively, and it is, it is so very true. <laughs> How do you control that sin nature? By the power of the Holy Spirit. How do you get the Holy Spirit into operation in your life? You've got to yield altogether to God. You've got to absolutely give yourself to God. And no compromise. I said earlier on, and I, I'm going to say this again, because really if I take more time than I need to, it doesn't matter. I can carry on next time. 
<laughs> but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you'll live. And you'll, you'll be blessed with long life and see and enjoy the fellowship of the Lord. But here, this particular verse is just, let me see that one there. It's verse number 13, Romans 8, 13. I have always, this verse, amplified. If you're living according to the impulses of the flesh, you are going to die. But if you're living by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're habitually putting to death, habitually putting to death the sinful deeds of the body, you will really live forever. I tell you what, I've got two favorite Bibles. I've got my New King James, and I've got this Amplified that helps me to quickly find the Greek undercurrent, and then I can quickly, if I want to go further, even go into Greek right here in front of me. Uh, but he says here, these words, men, in verse 13 of chapter number 8. For if you're living according to the impulses of the flesh, you are going to die. But if you're living by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually, per gewoonte, putting to death the sinful deeds of the body. You will really live by the Holy Spirit. It happens by the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. Where is our minds going? Where do you let you, your mind, where is your mind prevailing? Because that will lead you. Tommy Barnett, a preacher from America, I don't know if he's still alive, but Tommy Bar Barnett, I once heard him say, where the, where the attention goes, there man goes. That's where the flesh follows. The power of God. He says, where the attention goes, the power flows. Whew. So this here, Da, net da, caused me to say, dig deep here for gold. Because I realized that was my key. As a young minister, I realized I will not overcome the sinful deeds of the body except I have the help of the Holy Spirit. And I've got to control this thing. Now, let me say this right here while we're doing introduction. If I do just introduction day, it doesn't matter. I could carry on next week. And after that, after that, it doesn't matter. But if I, if I, if I look at this, I said to myself, Yere, let me say it in Afrikaans repeat in English. Yere, what is recht and what is verkeerd? What is recht and what is verkeerd? Not according to what I think or hope or maybe, maybe what's right, what's wrong in all creation. How did God give His Spirit? How did God give His laws? And He said, forbidden, wrong. I'll judge you, you die. Amos 8 speaks about the Lord is judging the world in the day because of His wrath. He said, I will judge the time of retribution has come. I will judge this world by and with fire. One of the signs of the time. Nou sê vir my, wat's nou so, as ek om ons nou Afrikaans lees, or I read it in English, wat's reg en wat's verkeerd? What's right, what's wrong? Okay, yo, I got a load here. 
13. And, but above all these things, verse 14. Romans 8 and 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now let me say this, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to read just one or two more verses because I want to get into discussion here because it's so deep here. This is a gold mine. It's like the deepest of gold mines. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Listen to me. Fear kills. Fear kills. So-called stress is a killer. Unbelief is sin. What things ever are not done by faith is sin. Fear is part of sin. Stress is sin. It kills. You might as well say amen, or you're going to have to say amen, oh my. Or you might have one to say it in Hebrew, say oy vey, oh my. Everybody say oy vey. Hey, you've spoken Hebrew to me now. Verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. I will compare here, verse 14 amplified, for all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. I was talking to Dr. Papas on the line because he's into this very same chapter as me at the very same time. And uh, he's a very, he could be a pastor in this church like that. His knowledge of the word is astounding. And he speaks Greek. And I said to him, you know what, that one, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, are the sons of God. I said to him, you know, it's huis in, in, in uh, Greek is the word for it. That means the mature Christians, the mature Christians, people who have come up through the ranks and have allowed themselves to be transformed, become mature. Many years ago, I had another preacher say these words. He says, I'm tired of putting on nappies. He says, the body of Christ must come to maturity. Growth is a purpose-driven self-defense, like you go to a gym or you go jogging or you go. Discipline of the self is crucial, cardinal, imperative. In fact, if I live according to the flesh, I'll die. Say so. Straight. I will not allow anything in my house that is of the flesh. I will not compromise because it kills. And tomorrow I'm praying for people. And if I'm praying for people, then they want to have a touch of God and I have to be a vessel that can flow through with their faith as the magnet. There comes miracles like at the Sunday night services. I cannot bless what's wrong. I'm to take you to another verse now. I just feel to go there. Okay, but 
Let me just finish this little piece here, if I could get through it. My goodness. Verse 14. For as many as are led, word gelei, per gewoonte, volg die Heilige Geest. Now we're going to get the key. By the Spirit of God, these are the mature children of God, the mature sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Fear equals bondage and again. But you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, of course, is Father, and then Father, Father. 16. Here's the keynote. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons, the daughters, the children of God. When the Lord appeared many years ago, I was watching a man of God. He was really, he was really, he laid hands on me too. His name is Dr. Kenneth Hagen. And he said, when the Lord appeared to him in a vision, the Lord said to him, this is the way, talk about walking in the spirit, just begin here, just begin here. Walking in the Spirit, this is the way I lead my children. Around the globe, I'm not talking about dreams and visions and all of those special things, just Netsua, base level, every Christian, born again, temple of God, this is the way God leads you, by the witness of the Spirit. And I might as well just, for one moment here, go to Colossians chapter uh, 3. Colossians chapter number 3 and 15. And it says these words. Let the peace of Christ. Amplified. Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ. The inner calm of one who walks daily with him. Be the controlling factor in your hearts. Deciding and settling questions that arise. To this peace indeed you were called as members in one body of believers and be thankful to God always. Let the peace of God, the Greek word for that by the way is the Greek word brabio, which means, uh, which literally means to judge or to be act as an umpire. Frieda in your heart is the umpire. Now having said that, Having said that, I must, okay, let me go to 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter number 5, 23 quickly. I'll take that and amplify. Come on, it's well. I'm just allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me on this. Because it's just that important and touches every single believer. They don't listen to the witness of the Spirit. And you know what 1 Timothy chapter number 4 says? In the last days, some shall depart from the faith and give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Okay? And then it says, it says in the second verse there, it says that their conscience, their consciences are seared as with a hot iron. Now, in the ancient world, this, let me tell you this. In the ancient world, this, was, this is what they did. They took like particularly slaves or somebody that really offended or somebody that really did something wrong. Did you know that, Jacques? They would literally burn them with a hot iron. 
and mock them. And by that they would say, to eternity you are mocked to burn. That was a custom. It comes through from the ancient world. They did that in the time of the Roman Empire and before. Put a, a burning mark on them, like the branding of an ox. They had the movie to show. Now, the peace of God in our hearts is uh, just there. Now, let me uh, go here. Okay. Now, listen to this. This is Amplified Bible right here. And I'm going to read this verse, and I want you to come to a realization of just what you personally, what you are. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you. Everybody say me. Through and through. That is, separate you from profane and vulgar things, make you pure and whole and undamaged, consecrated to him set apart for his purpose. How then? And may your spirit, everybody say spirit, soul and body, you belong to the Lord, the whole of you. May the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, completely, the total sum of what you are as a human being. You have a spirit, you possess a soul, and you live in a body. The body is now in a state of the sin nature, that's there, but you're dead to sin. But the Bible says that if you do transgress, then you, can, you have to repent. Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Acts 3, 19, and times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. That's why we have prayer sessions, individual, private prayer sessions. Spirit, soul, and body, and be kept complete and be found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are spirit, you are soul, and you are body. Now let me just take a shortcut here because, okay, it helps me a little bit if I can just flow. Spirit, soul, and body, that's what you are. That's what I am. Paul gives the absolute perfect description of the complete you. So the body is dead because of sin. So the soul is like a, it's like a, a, a joint. Joining the spiritual man and the carnal man with the spirit man. Sitting in the middle is the, is the soul, the corp. Now, I'm just going to cut the short because it's all in this teaching here. But, okay. The spiritual man is what you, now that you're born again, that's what you are. You are a spiritual man. First Peter chapter number three, Paul talks about marriage, he talks about the woman, and then he, he says, let it be the hidden man of the heart. You are, if you're born again, saved, washed in the blood of Jesus, if you like before the Lord, you now set apart. You are born again in spirit. The Mind, the soul, has to be renewed. Question still remains, where does your mind go? And the body. 
Does it feed and inspire the flesh or does it stay with God, pray, meditate on the Scriptures, find Scriptures, pray over your day, go on from day to day, have a real good relationship with God through your prayer life. The Spirit, I'm just going to define it like this. The Spirit of a man divides into three functions. If you search the Bible, my spirit does this, my spirit does that, my spirit does that, and so and so. And then you take soul, and my soul does this, does that. I've got lists of scriptures in this. What the function of the soul is, and then the body, we know the works of the flesh. That is quite astounding. It's terrifying, actually. But just per quick definition, the spirit is spirit, soul, and body. Uh, no, sorry is intuition, if you write that word intuition, communion, and conscience. Those three things. The soul is the intellect. Now follow me carefully now. Because you take the scriptures of the Bible, you say, what, is, what does my soul get up to? It's intellect. Because of the intellect, the will to take my body there towards God or away from God and, em and emotions. Intellect, will, and emotions. You find those words in a string search of what the body does, what the soul does, what the spirit does. Spirit, intellect, no, no, I'm sorry, um, the soul. Intellect, will, and emotions, I hear. Peace of God passes all understanding God, your hearts and mind. Also, the spirit bear witness with our spirit that we are the children, the joint testament of the Holy Spirit now. When it comes to decision-making, okay, Daryl, you got that now? Making decisions. Intellect, will, it's easy to explain those two together, and the other one I find all over in terms of the soul is emotionality, emotions. So if I do an emotional <laughs> impulsive decision, you know, I have a dear friend, and he's a dear friend of everybody in this church, but he's one of my pastors that assisted me for many, many years. He's retired. I don't know what he's doing by the sea, because he's a good man, his name is Pastor Tiens Blom. And he was the, the most gentle kind of counselor, and Tiens would say, you know, ach, shame and sis toch and fui toch. And I said to him, Tiens, stop that. Stop that. Emotions are not going to correct people's lives. If I make an emotional decision, ach, shame, ach, sis toch, ach, fui toch, ek is so lief vir hierdie brak, ek is so lief vir dit, of ek is so lief vir dat, of ek wil nou dit, en ek wil nou dat, en ek gaan nou dit, en ek gaan nou dat. As dit emotioneel gekoppel is, if it's connected to emotions, no. If it is according to the word, yes, 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 to all eternity. Give the Lord a praise offering, everybody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, that intuition is something very important. I'm just going to say that, give you that definition, works of the flesh. I just 
to this very quickly because I see it's quarter past. And the prayer, Joshua prayer in this place. Um, intuition, in terms of its functionality, is to know instantly without any prior knowledge to realize what to do instantly, intuitively. It's right, it's wrong. The Spirit bears witness, see? It's right, it's wrong. Never emotions. Emotional decisions is the worst way of walking in the Spirit, or you can't walk in the Spirit like that. And by the way, if you get into sin, it kills the voice of the conscience, which is the function of the Holy Spirit. Your conscience just gets here, right there. If you, it just goes, it just goes, I'm not hearing from God, I'm praying. It's like praying against the wall. It's not, not working for me. If you don't understand the three functions of the human spirit, maybe I should continue there in, in the next session tomorrow. Well, not tomorrow, next Friday. I wish it was tomorrow. And then we'll go on with that. Marxenophia. I said in both languages. I'll do and repeat. If you're following emotionality or emotional decisions, <laughs> you know what? In my life, I've had through the years many people that would come to me. I don't want to back up today. Uh, people that come to me, you know, and they say, they say, Pastor, friends, old friends, long-time old friends, what do you think? Then I say, no. They say, what do you think? I say, no. They go right ahead. Two people, out of the first I know now, three, dead now, dead, because they went in the wrong direction. I said to them, don't, because they haven't disciplined their spiritual man to be in witness with God. That thing, that's a situation. If there's disharmony here, ni here ni, not here, disharmony here, you don't go. You just don't move. An open door is not equal to a godly opportunity. You have the witness of the Spirit. Can you say amen? I'm going to force myself to come to a landing here. Let's stand and give the Lord a praise offering. Amen. Give Jesus a praise offering. Come on, praise the Lord properly in this place. Hallelujah to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, this day. Those who need prayer can stay behind and pastors will minister to you. But Father, I just pray that you save and wash everybody here in the blood of Jesus because our time's up in this session. What an important session that impacts the entire life of absolutely everybody in this place that you will teach us to listen to God and obey instantly by the witness of your Spirit. And Father, we thank you. We'll find out now how this works actually. Walking in the Spirit is a powerful way of living. Thank you, Jesus. The grace of the Almighty God, the Father, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, our Lord, Almighty God, be with you now and forevermore. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his countenance over you, be gracious to you, and bless you in this new month. 
and grant you eternal peace in the name of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. All God's people said, Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.